Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Trader, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I'm so excited for this podcast. We got everybody here, all the dads are here. It's a, it's really a, uh, it's a miracle. It's a miracle, We're, we made it, we got everybody. Uh, Ryan Palmer's in Portland, Oregon. It is a Sunday miracle. I, uh, I've had a nice, a, a really nice little weekend um, here uh, in the Pacific Northwest. I went to a winery the other day. I sat out on our porch and had a little kind of brunch uh, with our next door neighbors. You know, I'm really kind of wow. Being um, a dad sounds really hard. I'm I just feel like throw I'm, that out there. I feel like I'm hitting my stride as a parent right now, um, and my fear is that uh, once I hit hit my stride, like something is just going to crash, and I'm going to be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So uh, I'm going to enjoy just, it. Just, I'm going to enjoy like it while Exactly. That's just Ryan Palmer. Exactly. Can't exp- don't allow yourself to experience those highs when you know <laughs> yeah. the lows are coming. <laughs> just trying to uh, just trying to stay on an even keel here. There it is. Colin Smith is in the swamp. My weekends are harder than my weekdays, so I'll just <clears throat> I'll leave it there. Uh, weekends are there's a lot to do. There's a lot to do around the Smith House right now on the weekends, but you know I'm happy that I made it to Sunday night. Here we are. So let's do it. We made it. Uh, Mike Samuelson, Minneapolis. Yep. No kids over here. Uh, you know, feeling feeling like the uh, you know the kid who comes to school and everyone else is like wearing the same the same t shirt, <laughs> has the same shoes. I'm like, I just didn't get the memo, guys. Thanks for letting me know. Has that same tired Mike's look. Didn't realize we were doing this. Like, oh, I thought Sockenies were still cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sockenies were never cool, nor shall they ever be cool. Uh, yeah, nice weekend. Uh, went to a wedding last night. I just want to say, if you're out there and you're like, you know what? I, I want a DJ at my wedding who's going to be great, who's going to be affordable, who's going to react to the uh, the preferences of the audience, who's going to really get the dance floor popping. You contact me right away. You contact me or you contact <laughs> my beautiful wife. We will be that DJ for you. We will... Turn up your party. It will be great. There will be people who start with shirts and ties, and then as the night goes on, oh yeah, those buttons will just slowly disappear. Loosen and up those, buttons, up those baby. buttons, baby. <laughs> yeah. We, we we didn't plan this, but uh, I have to tell you, this is a be- beautiful segue because I just was texting with a friend of mine who's a good friend of of the friends who have uh, I've had on this podcast before. A good friend of Keevan and mine, and his wedding was. Uh, a week ago, and I had texted him saying, hey, sorry, I couldn't make it. Uh, obviously, things in my life, but I hope you guys had a great time. He texts back a video of himself shirtless uh, dancing and says, uh, wish you were there. You know, I know you would have been the, the other person with your, your shirt off because that's, you know, the role that he and I both share at those <laughs> weddings where we, we mutually attend. And then he said there was a bet, an over-under bet on when I would get my shirt off. And I was, I said, life's too short to bet the over, uh, <laughs> and I thought I would have been absolutely moving that that betting market by being yeah, there. You would have moved the absolutely line. manipulating that market. And he said, yeah, people were trying to do that. Um, to which I have, of course, replied that I would have been doing it for the right reasons. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's exactly the barometer of success for me of a wedding is uh, the total number of buttons that have been unbuttoned. By the end yeah mike you kind of made it sound like you took over the dj booth is that yeah. what happened no no i uh, that's he wishes. Th- he wishes that is a fine line at a, <laughs> at a at a wedding and i was not willing to cross that line if i had been offered i would have been happy to do it mike but i did not mike can can we get like uh your top five what would you play how do you start the night how do you end the night yeah oh when like general yeah. When is when Just is like your philosophy? Hour. Give us your PowerPoint. Give us your Andre Villas Boas right. PowerPoint. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Paul is basically asking, "Hey, can I just have all the business secrets?" I, uh, I don't want the business secrets. I maybe I, I might be interviewing you right now. To, I want the playlist. DJ something. Okay. Are you getting married again? 
Congratulations. And we might have it's a, a shrimp oil at listeners. some point. Even's renewing his vows next I, weekend. I do shrimp oils. Uh, no, I mean, look, I think the, the key to a good DJ experience is, is frankly reading the room. Because, you know, what Palmer likes, what I like, it's all different. And yeah, I mean, we all know that you start the night with some of the oldies and you progress to the, the more, you know, current hits. But, you know, honest, frankly, I, I'm going to be honest frankly, with you. Sometimes you and I like, uh, you know, much of the same stuff. So. So I'm hired. Yeah. I'll send you the contract. 100%. Okay. I also should say, uh, I should have said this first. This, this might be too late. But uh, my my dad, who has listened to one podcast, uh, I was talking to him this week, and he said, how do I listen to your podcast? <laughs> and so I'm going to send him a link to the podcast because he doesn't, he doesn't use his phone. But dad, if you've made it this far, you should probably skip ahead like 30 to 35 minutes because <laughs> usually the beginnings of the pod are just things you're not going to enjoy or understand. So please skip ahead and uh, Godspeed. Yeah. Also, Robert J., if you skip ahead, I'm cashing my bet because I bet the over on how long you'd listen. So shout out to you for, for making well, it this far. Yeah, hopefully he's made it. I love you, Dad. Even if you've already turned off the pot, I still love you. <laughs> Just put it out there into the ether. Give me these songs. Give me these songs. Come on. I know. I feel like you brought this up, Mike, and now you're hesitant to even talk about it. We need a little juice. Just give us Just, two or just three. Any, any song? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Any of your philosophy, or even a critique? What was so wrong with the guy last yeah, night? Yeah, give us or one girl. of your oldies. Like, give us one of your bangers. I mean, okay, songs that come to mind. A nice little oldie, particularly popular in Minnesota. Prince, "I Want to Be Your Lover." Boom. I mean, yes. just dance floor on fire. Uh, Minnesotans, it turns out, absolutely love Prince. Uh, <laughs> I may, I may be coming back to this theme that. later into the in the pod during yeah. our warm up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then. You know, a, a more modern hit that everyone loves, even though some people might not know this song, but they will love it. Jamie XX, I know there's going to be good times. If you don't know it, oh, oh go listen great to song. it. Great song. Great song. Boom. That there is you go. a great song. Yeah. That's my philosophy in two songs. Do we, uh, That's great. are we slowing it down at any, at any point? Or are we just, is it just banger after banger? Are you given? Is there any time where you like allow people to go get drinks, maybe hydrate? Is there any cue music for that? I mean, if if the if the client wants some slow songs, and we'll talk about this, you know, we'll have a, a customized plan for every client. If they want some slow songs, more than happy to play some slow songs. I can play some Brian McKnight. It's in my wheelhouse. It's not a problem. But in my experience. Slow songs can really kill your momentum. You just want you want that dance floor. Boom, boom, boom. You want just hits and hits and hits. If people like need it. a break, they'll take a break. If They're you adults. lose your momentum, there's no guarantee it's coming back. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I don't want people going out and taking a cigarette break or, you know, no. an e-cigarette break. I, leave your jewels at home. Do you yeah, have any? Uh, this is, this have isn't any... uh, Tiki Taka. This is uh, Jurgen Klopp. Marcel yeah, this is one. Yeah, yeah. he's gag and pressing. This gag and pressing <laughs> yeah. the, the dance floor. <laughs> Mike, do you have any uh, any like won't plays, refuse to play? So like at my wedding, uh, our we had a DJ, and they gave us like a list of songs that they like, that they you know that they tend to play at most weddings, and then they're like, these are songs that we refuse to play. Uh, a lot of like uh, group dance, line dance kind of mm, songs. Mm. Do you have any uh, will not play on your list? Um. No, but I'm going to answer that question with a funny anecdote, which is that at our wedding, we had um, we had Anna's cousin, DJ, who did a great job, uh, mostly because he brought his own equipment. He was very affordable and he played all the songs that we told him to play. But we <laughs> did have one don't play, uh, at least one don't play, which was Baby Got Back. And he just played it anyway. He's like, I've never done a party without playing this song. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were joking. I like that. I thought you were I, joking. You know, I love that. But if I mean, if if you want a great DJ in the Midwest, me and me and Anna are the people. If you're in Southern California, uh, I will give you DJ Lindy's contact information, and he'll do a great job for you. He's part of the family. He will be playing Baby Got Back though, so <laughs> you know what you're getting yourself into. This is exactly the stuff that my dad needs to be skipping. Threadweddingdjs at gmail.com. All one word, all lowercase. Get at us.
Um, we have another warm up that you may have thought that that was warming up. That was just intro chat. That's pretty uh, baby. We did that cold. <clears throat> we, at least several of us, I haven't actually taken a survey to see how many people are current partial owners of a pre-professional women's soccer team in Minnesota, but <sighs> some of us are, and I know some people listening also are, so this is relevant. Uh, those people got an email this week asking for uh, branding name ideas for this as yet as yet unbranded uh, club. So the warm up uh, between us for our listeners, we got to run through some ideas and decide where we're going to land because eventually there's going to be a vote and uh, we need to make sure we're aligned on this. So, um, Colin, I know you've got some ideas. I've got some ideas. Uh, let's figure something out. Yeah, I have I have more ideas than I have uh, ideas I like. But, uh, you know, Brainstorming. the first one that uh, I can like a little bit, even though I, I think I said this to you guys, I prefer a name, uh, the platonic ideal of, of a American sports name is city or state name, plural noun. Mm-hmm. So Milwaukee Bucks, Portland Timbers, uh, whatever. Milwaukee Brewers, whatever. Is a timber uh, a noun? We'll be discussing that on a side pod. <laughs> yeah, timber is a noun. It's a, timber. The wood yeah. timber. The you wood. go and buy. Yeah. You go you buy can, timber. Yeah. Timber prices timber. are out of control. But it. But they're coming back yeah. down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I mean, they are. That's a good point. Um, but anyway, uh, yes. So, I the, this my own suggestion doesn't fall into that, even though I feel strongly about that, and that is Minnesota nice. Ooh. And then, you know, you can go with either soccer club or football club or whatever you like there at the end if you I need like to that. do that. But Minnesota Nice, uh, if you've lived in Minnesota, you know about Minnesota Nice. It's very Minnesota. It's, I mean, Mike, I'll let you describe what Minnesota Nice means to you as the person who lives in Minnesota currently. But uh, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that it's, it should only be associated with Minnesota. It's not like Tigers or whatever where if they move, hypothetically. Uh, you know, it could be anyone's nickname. Yeah, like the Lakers. If you leave Minnesota, you have you should to give it that. back. You should yeah, give it back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I really like this. In fact, I have to admit, I liked this so much, Colin, when you mentioned it on the text thread earlier this week, that I went ahead and filled out the ballot already online to lock it in as early as possible as my own idea. <laughs> so Minnesota women's soccer already knows the idea of Minnesota nice. Uh, it's locked in under Dan Schrader's brilliant idea. So thank nice, you, nice. Colin. Yeah. I so got, Mike, what, what does that Minnesota Nice? Tell, tell yeah. me about Minnesota Nice to you. Oh yeah. Minnesota so. Nice is just being very passive aggressive. Uh, <laughs> it's being it's saying one thing to someone's face and then doing something, you know, behind their back. It's so. I mean, I, I'll, I'll just get into one of my ideas. So I think I think especially recently, Minnesota Nice has really come under heat. It used to be kind of this funny, like, oh, you know, Minnesotans, oh, a lot of Scandinavians. It's it's kind of cute. Uh, but I think I think we should just go the other direction. Minnesota mean FC. Just <laughs> just you know, we're we're over we're over Minnesota Nice. We're just I mean, you could be you know instead of you know Minnesota Nice is passive aggressive. You could also just be. Minnesota aggressive FC or SC. Uh, I'm for any anything that just basically kicks Minnesota nice, you know, out the window. Ooh, okay, I like it. Okay, you don't like it. Uh, I've got an idea, also riffing off of Collins, and then I'll get into some of my own uh, personal ideas. The Lucys, because <laughs> yeah. it's a it's a double whammy. You've got the juicy Lucy, which of course is a, yeah. a brilliant, brilliant thing coming out of the Twin Cities. Um, but also Lucy is the lead female character in the Peanuts comic strip, and she oh, is she is well a done. bossy, aggressive lady. Uh, so the Lucys, you and get a Charles, double. Sh- Charles Schultz, the uh, creator of Peanuts comic strip, is from St. Paul. St. Paul. Paul, that's yeah. right. Yep. So the Lucys, it's a little weird to just go, well, actually, Mike suggested last week that you just go as somebody's name. This isn't a, a former uh, great soccer player's name, but it's, uh, you know, just name it after a... A, a proper name could be the uh, Lucy's. I mean, the I mean, there's no bad ideas in brainstorming, but a Lucy yeah, is also uh, just a single <laughs> cigarette. So yeah, exactly. Um, it's been a, it's, it's, it depends how you spell it. Uh, I have 
So what is it called when you move your canoe from stream to stream? The portagers, yeah. I was, the portagers. I, the portagers, or I was thinking um, if, you, if we do, if we keep it maybe food-based, uh, we could be the Minnesota hot dish. Um, <laughs> I like the hot dish. Did you have access to my list? You're just running down my list. Right? Oh, no. that's. Uh, do you have anything on there that involves lutefisk? Can you... <laughs> I have both the Scandinavians and the Lutherans, so I think I think uh, if you're gonna be the hot dish, you should just uh, forget the Minnesota part and just call yourselves the Tater Tot Hot Dish. And it's like you know where that's from. Like that can't be you from know. anywhere else. Tater Tot. Like you just you know use Tater Tot as the uh, as the location. I I uh, love when a I mean this doesn't happen a lot in American sports, but when a team is not named after a place, it's just a thing. So like Arsenal FC is kind of the most obvious one that comes to mind. But there's, you know, the strongest FC. Like, you know, we're just we're just out here representing an ideal. I uh what about speaking of representing an ideal? Um and along by with the, way, the Arsenal kind of is a place, by the way. Minnesota nice, Minnesota uh mean. What about just the Minnesota oop? I was say oop does. Like oof dot. The oof dot. Yeah, that's good. Um, uh, quick note on the portagers. The Grand Portage was a key route between Lake Superior and fur trading uh, up north. There is currently a Grand Portage trail. The fastest known time is ripe. I think anyone with a little bit of fitness could go up there and knock that out. <laughs> uh, think about it. Um, what about, uh, so we talked about Lakers. We're not going to, you know, we can't go there because of copyright issues. But what about rivers? A lot of rivers. Can we can we just be the Minnesota rivers? Yeah. Are there a lot of rivers? There's there's notable rivers. Uh, Mississippi. Have you, yeah. It's a big river. Uh, <laughs> something you know something about like the the origin the the origin of the Mississippi. There's there's something in there. Headwaters. I think. The he- Minnesota ooh, headwaters. Ooh, ooh, I like that. I like that. Headwaters. I like good. that. Um, like, I've got sounds a, like we're got a making couple... a brewery right now though. <laughs> <clears throat> How do you guys like? Hail Minnesota FC. I mean, it's, it's like I don't you hate just it. took forward Madison and made it uh, Hail Minnesota. Hail Minnesota is the state anthem. Yeah. And hail is like a wintry thing, you know, Minnesota. It is a, a very forward Madison type feel to the, the naming convention, but uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Hail don't Minnesota. Hate it. Could could definitely do worse. Um, yeah. I, so I asked I asked my wife this a lot of a lot of wife talk this episode. Um, she is she is a, a dyed in the wool, tried and true, very proud Minnesotan. Uh, and her first thought, which I love, is she just said, I "Love your wife." I do love my wife. She's incredible. Sick. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Uh, but her first thought was they should just be named the Blizzard of 1991, which is like this <laughs> mythic, <laughs> mythic event in Minnesota. Um, when there was a blizzard on Halloween. And if you are of a certain age, uh, you just love this. You just love talking about this blizzard. Yeah. Um, and I then, mean, there's previous here. Chicago Fire, San Jose Earthquakes. Like, yeah. yeah. The Minnesota blizzard of 1991. Yeah. So good and then the, 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 the best part of this also is that you can, you can cross-promote it. You have a natural sponsor lined up, Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen is huge in Minnesota. Beautiful. You, Beautiful. You've got the blizzards on the crest. You've got the blizzards on, you know, the front of the shirt and the ads. It's just, I mean, so if good. nothing else, so what Thread Consulting LLC can bring to your business is business. <laughs> and I think that's what we, by stealing slash borrowing slash appropriating my wife's idea, have done with this with this one. I like that. I love that one. Um, I love that one. The, the, other, the other idea that I have, uh, you know, culturally, probably the, the best, like, cultural or, or musical uh, person to come out of Minnesota, Prince, uh, who for a time was known as the artist formerly known as Prince. And right now, the Minnesota women's soccer team is just called Minnesota women's soccer. And so I like the club or the team formerly <laughs> known as Minnesota women's soccer. Well, uh, but so also good. there used to be a, a, a professional women's soccer team when they had the Thunder. The men's team was the Thunder. They had a women's team called the Lightning. So you could be the team formerly known as if you, the Lightning, if you wanted to. Um, I, the one thing I will say is if, if they come up with a, a name that's a little bit vanilla, like Hail Minnesota, uh, Ooh. I think... Wow, that's spicy. vanilla? 
You're calling Spicy. that vanilla? Pew, pew, pew. Uh, I mean, we are, ta- we are talking about Minnesota. We're not going to have a mascot that's a, a giant piece of hail. Right? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it, like, I get it. it. I love Ford Madison. And, and this is where I'm going with it. Is Ford Madison we all love. We, th- it's the best branding in American soccer, hands down. Not close. Um, and so if you're going to go that route and be, like, a little bit classy with the name, but not an obvious mascot or like imagery component. Same with uh, Minnesota United FC, right? They had to pick what's your mascot then. I think yep. they should go the same way as Forward Madison, which is to pick a silly mascot. And I think one that is ripe for the taking in American sports is the kangaroo. You do not see a lot of kangaroo teams, college teams named the kangaroos, but a kangaroo is a hilarious mascot. A person dressed up as a kangaroo is hilarious. There's a lot of a lot of uh comedy there there's a lot of potential twitter interaction there i'm voting for the kangaroos as the bland mascot like backfill the flamingo of right the fort madison fc but the flamingo had like a connection to madison there's no kangaroo connection to minnesota i'm there is now baby (laughs) i'm sure there's a kangaroo at the zoo come on his name's probably joey you got it Solid name. Um, the women's soccer club formerly called Sky Blue FC recently rebranded to become Gotham FC, which leaves Sky Blue open, land of Sky Blue waters. Uh, after all, <laughs> Minnesota Sky Blue. Minnesota hams. Minnesota hams. <laughs> Not sure if it's Mia Ham or if it's the beer, but we got the sponsor <laughs> lined up. We got it lined up. Yeah. Um. My only other idea is the the um, state motto is the Star of the North, and the Star of the North FC just has a nice, a strong a strong ring to it. Uh, the North Stars obviously were the old hockey team that moved, so you know people might be a little bit raw still on that one, but I I kind of like that. I do the North like something in that realm of the North Stars is very appealing, but I couldn't quite figure out how to make it work is without there a- just. Uh, is there ripping a t- something else off? <laughs> is there a tundra? Could we be the Minnesota tundra? Sure. Or is it? I don't think. Is it not tundra enough uh, in Minnesota? Probably not. I, I'm, you know, a, a geography major, and I'm going to say that works. Okay. A little more outside the box. What about just the ten thousand? Ooh, that's a good one. That's. A Are you going to make one. a ten thousand person stadium? And you might have to make it exactly <laughs> ten thousand people. Exact. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. With the everything, it's just a 10,000. It's a 10,000 seater, but then everything else is standing room only. A lot of Ooh. stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Safe standing. Pack them in in a safe way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Pack them in like sardines. <laughs> All right. So I feel like we get through that and we've got uh, the leaders are Minnesota Nice, the Blizzards of 1991. Uh, Hail Minnesota. I'm keeping it there because I like it. <laughs> Uh, the ten thousand, the portagers. Did any others stick out? I'm uh, I'm star a, of the north. I, I mean, I thought all of mine did, but yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm gonna ride pretty hard for the Minnesota. Oop. <laughs> <laughs> there was um there was a a snowplow naming uh contest this year, and there was one that was called Oop. Just gonna plow right past you there. That's it. I want it. I want it. All right, get at us. Tell us what you think. We will uh, get everybody on the same page and then vote. And these poor, poor people will have no idea where all of these random people from across the country are voting from. And we will dominate yeah. Minnesota women's. Well, mostly people from Guatemala, to be honest. Some Guatemalans, <laughs> some Wisconsinites, some random other folks. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Other thoughts there? Crickets. Mike, we got. I think just one email. No, we got a couple. I think Raymond emailed too. Uh, but uh, well, you know, Mike emails. They can, didn't make it across my desk, so you know, Oof. what are you gonna do? Um, I mean, this is a very long email from Spencer Dan, and I honestly thought you were gonna kind of take this one. So uh, I'm not the emails guy. You, so that's true. It is a great, great top thread level work from uh, Spencer here. I mean, all right, I'm you know. I'm going to show some initiative here and and just say, before we get into the Spencer email, we have to note what happened with the U.S. men's national team on Wednesday. 
which is that we went away to Honduras. Uh, no Wes and McKenney, no Reina, no Dest, no Stefan. A lot of people missing. You know, tied our first two games. Uh, go down one nothing uh, at halftime. First half, some of the worst soccer I've ever seen. Oh, terrible. Very bad. I mean, <laughs> just full stop. Just like I've seen U8, but this was. <laughs> You know, I mean, you ate ate there are excuses. You can understand why it's so bad. There's no excuses for this. I mean, and you ate at least there's a plan, which is everyone get as close to the ball as possible. (laughs) In the first half, there was no plan for the U.S. It was just terrible. There was no plan. There's no desire to the ball as possible. Should we just use this email as like a jumping off point? Because I feel like we're not going to get to everything. That's what you want to just Dan was going to do. Do you want to just uh? Let's go with the just talk about the lineup. It was like a experimental lineup. Like what the fuck was going on in this game? This was insane. Yeah, go. I okay. I like I, go. This, Mike, this you is, got this. Take the there's, email. There's even less structure in this segment of the podcast than there is in the US men's national team on Wednesday. I spent my entire weekend building a playhouse in the backyard. I'm not prepared for this. Somebody <laughs> else read this email. Um, yeah, well, so in the first, so we went in with a, what, uh, five, three, one, I don't know. That's not enough players. Five, three, two, <laughs> I think Dan we had five in the five, back. Two, three at the time. We, we had five in the back, uh, which five, we, one, one, three. Yeah. Sands was really playing as a stopper. Just, it sure. was, it was ridiculous. Sure. We had Mackenzie Brooks and Miles Robinson in the back. They looked confused. Our midfield. Looked confused. We had Tyler Adams playing it right back. Uh, it was a mess. We had Sargent playing on the wing. I mean, it was those head scratchers abound. I have a question about this lineup, just in general, like from the Greg uh, perspective. Um, is this lineup a, a lineup of a man that is like I don't have any idea what I'm doing, so well, I'm just gonna try something. I think he had an idea, but it's a wild deviation from what we had been doing. So it's the lineup of a person who's lost all confidence in what he's been trying to build. Mm-hmm. You know, we have two results that were not great. They were not, honestly, we spent a lot of time last week moaning about it, but they weren't killer, like bad results. They were disappointing, they were upsetting. We were not in a good place. But if Greg had come out and said, you know what? The performance was there. The ideas were there. We got unlucky. You look at the underlying metrics. We're doing okay. And we're going to go back out and we're going to roll with it because we believe in what we're doing. I would have begrudgingly been like, okay, that's a reasonable thing for the head coach of this program to say. Mm -hmm. He should believe in what he's doing. And he gets another game, right? This, The fact that he went so far away from that says that he didn't believe that, right? that he was scared, he didn't believe in what he was doing. Uh, and that, to me, really, out of all of this, is the biggest problem, is that he flinched, and that's not great. Yeah, and not just that he flinched, but, the I mean, when I saw the lineup, I was like, great, let's try something new, because what we have is not working. But you're hoping that, okay, we've practiced the something new, that guys look like they know what they're doing, and then, you know, I think what is concerning for me it felt like a, a Clinsey lineup in the sense that we had guys playing out of position, guys who didn't look like they knew what they were doing. And it just, you know, it resulted in exactly what you'd kind of expect, which was just the absolute disaster. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing about it too is like, yeah, you, you start that by saying, okay, we're missing these guys, these guys who are first name on the team sheet kind of guys, Dest, uh, Reina at this point, um, McKinney. and McKenney for sure, right? And you think, okay, well, that opens up a, a, a spot for somebody else, right? And we've played over the summer. We played, obviously, in the Gold Cup where all those guys got reps. So they yep. should be familiar with the system. You don't have to make that excuse. But then you can also say, okay, now we're mixing, matching those teams a little bit, the A team and the B team. And we're giving, uh, you know, an opportunity to a guy like Pepe who wouldn't otherwise start maybe because we're, we're mixing things up a little bit. It's the three games in nine days or whatever, how many days it was, plus some injuries. We're gonna have to have some guys step up. It doesn't. It's already different enough, without being like, and we're also gonna play 
a system we've never played before, right? You've already got that, you know, okay, I'm not just doing the same thing and expecting a different result thing. So I, it's, one thing it's not really I think, defensible from, from the Burhalter perspective, I think. One thing that I think we should defend uh, is Tyler Adams at right back. I think Burhalter clearly had a plan for his outside backs. He was going to have Dest and Yedlin both play in the first game and then Dest play the second game and Yedlin play the third game. Yedlin had to play most of the second game because Dest went out injured and that left a hole for minutes at right back. So Adams had to shift back. Or uh, Kellen given, Acosta could have. Yeah, I mean... Or Kellen Acosta, I suppose. But given the roster that he had, I understand why that happened. Now, you can criticize the roster and say, you know, this like if one of those two guys get injured, this was always going to happen, so we should have planned for that. And that's my criticism of the situation. But in terms of like shifting people around a little bit and doing funny stuff, I actually understand yeah. that piece of it. There's, I mean, there's some rhyme or reason there, but I think also we know injuries happen. You've got three games in a week. And again, why, why Adams instead of Acosta? It just, to me, it just all felt like, why would you take the guy who's the most round peg in round hole, which is Adams at the six and decide you're going to put him somewhere else? I, you know. So not not you, excusable for me. Do you think that Greg learned anything from this, like by switching these lineups? I mean, we walked away with a uh, a four one victory, right? Um, yeah, but he made big changes. He, in the second he half. made he made big changes in the second half, right? But is he like? Does he walk away being like, "That was great. I did everything right. Everything went as planned." No. Or is he like, "Well, I'm never going to use this again." Uh, is there is there anybody? i.e. Sands, I mean, Bello wasn't very good. Is there anybody that he doesn't pick up again? Um, or is it like, uh, you know, we won 4-0, so we're good? Or 4-1? The two guys for me are uh, Sargent playing wide. I don't think he's good anywhere, but especially playing in kind of the wide forward position, that was a disaster. And Brooks playing in a pressing uh, Ugh, yeah. doesn't work. He gets caught in midfield. He gets caught running back towards his own goal. Um, those two players, uh, there has to be something learned from those two performances. Uh, those are the two for me. Sands, like these other guys that are kind of marginal talent, we always knew that they were on the bubble. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. It's those two that's like, we better learn something. And mm-hmm. and I think also, like, I mean, Bello and Sands were not great. Uh, it was also their first World Cup qualifier it's a tough situation. I, I don't know if there's really anyone who just from this game, I'm like, never want to see them again. I think for Sargent and for Brooks, you're starting to, at least for me, I'm seeing a pattern of these guys don't seem to have a positive impact on the game. Sargent, he's a striker who can't score. Brooks is a defender who doesn't track his defenders and gets pulled out of place. Like, this is not what you want your guys to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brooks, I think, had a nightmare in this in this last international break he's yeah he was bad he was really really bad so just just getting on to the game we'll, we'll come back to the players and you know who we want to see but halftime so aronson uh in for sergeant at wing anthony robinson in for george bell at left back uh legit in for john brooks and we shift to you know more of a traditional four in the back uh and then you know all of a sudden we we look pretty good not incredible but you know we score four goals Robinson scores a goal. Pepe with, you know, maybe the greatest header in U.S. soccer history. Uh, <laughs> and then Aronson, Aronson and Lejet get a couple kind of late goals. 4-1 away in Honduras. I mean, any way you cut it, that is, uh, might not be a great performance. Great result, though. Right, Colin? That you've, been, you've been yelling this all weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's a phenomenal result. Uh, the stat I've been yelling at you all weekend has been that uh, the last time either U.S. or Mexico... Uh, went to Honduras and won a game was in 2009 when Connor Casey scored two goals for the U.S. Um, to put us into the 2010 World Cup. So that was just like... That, that cycle's peppy, if you will. <laughs> that's just an age ago. <laughs> that is an age ago. So uh, it's not just us. It, since then, uh, I think it U.S. and Mexico have averaged half a point per game there. So half the time they lose, half the time they draw. They never, we never win. So to go and win four to one, you know, like shit, that's, that's a hell of a win. 
That's uh, we we should not be expecting Mexico to match that performance in any way. I mean, we should Mexico should go there and be happy with the draw, basically. Um, so we should be very happy with that win. Uh, obviously, we should not be happy with that first half of soccer. Uh, I'm not saying that, but I think to say, oh, there, you know, uh, we got lucky in the second half, or there's not really positives to take from this. It's just like a, a good thing it happened, but like let's move on. I think no, I think that's that's too negative. Like you gotta you gotta enjoy a little bit of success. Scoring four goals in Honduras does not happen. Uh, but there yeah, are definitely and, positives. Yeah, I I mean there there are definitely positives. Like uh the response, this was a must win game. Um and like Colin was saying, like this was probably the hardest game. Uh I mean I guess Canada was probably the hard the most competitive game, but like in terms of our away games, this was going to be the hardest game to to get a point from. I think by um, Elo by Elo ranking, which I was not on the last pod, but you talked about it. By yeah. Elo, this was the hardest game of the three. Okay, and and you know to come away again four one, that's great. The response at halftime is great. That shows character. Um, you know they had the Weston McKinney drama uh, in the build up to this game. Um, so with all of that there was definitely a response you know you can you can talk about like whatever the fight of this team da 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 but like um to win 4-1 going down 1-0 knowing that this was like as much of a must win game that you could possibly have in this first window um yeah i mean it's it's very positive but i'm i'm still very worried uh you know yeah. mainly about greg yeah i mean i think Five points after these first three games, we knew was like, you know, kind of the the bar. Anything above that is good. Anything below that, not good. Five is okay. It's it's not a bad place to be. So we've got five points, but I don't think this one half, you know, papers over five other halves that were anywhere from really bad to okay. Um, Spencer's put together a little, a little rundown of players in this game, kind of where he ranks them. So I want to get people's thoughts on this. Uh, so he's got guys he doesn't want to see in qualifiers again, James Sands uh, and George Bellow. Do you guys agree with that? And if you don't agree, say why. I was impressed with Sands this summer. I don't think he had a good window, but it's hard. I mean, a few guys did, but in general, the team didn't. Uh, I'm not throwing Sands out with the bathwater just yet. Dan is sending Sands some metal uh, spikes, and yes. we'll see what happens. <laughs> Seriously, the same same thoughts. the The kit man, I don't know if I don't know if I ever want to see the kit man again. It's, it's bad <laughs> bad stuff from the kit man. It's gotta go, gotta go. Um, all right, kind of next next tier is for for Spence, just above. Never want to see again. Uh, Mark McKenzie, who I thought was pretty good in this game. Uh, I don't know, Colin. You're you're a Union fan. You've seen a lot of McKenzie. Do you want to see him again with the U.S. Men's National Team? Um, I think he still needs to grow. Um, I definitely want to see him again with the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, I don't think he should be in our anywhere near our best eleven right now. Like, I don't think he's the guy who you put in for Brooks if you're gonna. I, I'm. I believe in Brooks more than the rest of you guys do, but. Uh, if you want to take him Brooks out of the starting lineup, I'm not sure that McKenzie is ready to play that um, that role next to Miles Robinson at this point as like the kind of leader of the defense. So, uh, but as a spot starter, whatever you know, there's three games in nine days. Mark McKenzie can do a job. Okay. Uh, next next round is kind of like weren't great, but still has a future. Uh, Spence has got Tyler Adams, Pulisic, Sargent. John Brooks. Uh, it's, it's kind of a, a funny thing to be saying about yeah. Adams and Pulisic. Adams, I mean, Adams and Pulisic, they, they probably have a future. Yeah. Startups. I mean, they're just startups. They're still, you know, you know, we got to still figure them out. What's, what's, I mean, how do we feel about Pulisic with the Nance national team? I would say, you know, recently he has been pretty quiet uh, if we want to be generous. Is is it him? Is it the team? Is he being played out of position? Like, what what's what's going on here? We know he's a talented player, but it's not happening. He caught some flack for this game too, for essentially trying to do too much, dribbling into tight spaces, just taking the ball and running. 
Um, which I think partly was probably down to some mental state where he decided he needed to try to be a spark or carry the team. Uh, so I don't quite blame him for that when the team is playing so poorly. Um, but I agree with you that it's his exact role seems a little too muddy and it's probably not helping him out. I want to be fair here because I think it was his run uh, that created the first goal. Like him on the ball, running at players, beat, beat pass, a player, and then yeah, makes the pass, yeah. and then made a cross to I can't remember who it was, maybe Aaronson or Legette. That's right, and and then Legette played the ball across uh, and ended in the goal. So he had multiple moments like that in the second half, where he seemed to be a little bit more engaged in the game. Was not like that against Honduras. Um, I do think he's best when the ball is at his feet. Um, and so I'm okay with him trying to do too much. It is what happens when he loses the ball. What is our plan? And I think that we don't have one right now. I think he's also a player. I mean, we hear about how bad these fields are. And I think one thing we learned in the second half is that you have to recognize sort of the context in your surroundings. I think we did that a little bit more. You know, we just pumped in a lot of crosses in that half. And it's not sexy, but it did seem to work. And I don't think Pulisic, at least in the first half, he was doing a lot of like kind of cutbacks. And sometimes you just, you know, that's not going to work. Um, Colin, do you want to do you want to do your defense of John Brooks? Um, <laughs> I mean, I think he was not good in these games. I think generally speaking, his... Uh, you guys kind of touched on it on the last pod. Like, he's good with his feet. He's good in the air. He's not good. Uh, right now, he's been poor tracking. His decision making has not been great. He's not fast. So, it's it doesn't really set up for like, oh, you should play him in games against either good opponents where we will not have the ball, and then, uh, okay, then he has a lot of time where he's heading the ball. That that might be good. Uh, but then you're kind of maybe losing the the thing where he can help you by dictating play with his feet and being the best passer we have in the back line. So it's, it doesn't set up. You wish it kind of like these guys skill set set up to either play the game against Jamaica or the game four days later against Mexico, right? Like, you know, you're, you're a guy who sets up well for one or the other, and he kind of maybe doesn't set up for either that great uh, right now. Um, but I still think he's a very useful player. He's super experienced. Maybe his head wasn't in it. Like, I don't know what the man management thing is here, but his, he can be the best defender we have on his day. He is the best defender we have. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a coaching thing, but like his talent is there. So, and we've seen it in a U.S. Men's National Team shirt. It's not like he's never showed up. He doesn't care about this team or whatever. So, I, I think maybe there's some coaching there that needs to happen. But he can play. I don't. I don't disagree with that. Um, I think that he is. He's at least our second best center back. So he has to be in the starting 11, but whew, yeah, he was a liability this, uh, this window. And absolutely. Yeah. And more bad. so no, if you but, don't have Tyler Adams in front of him. Yeah. But I think to Colin's point, every player is a tool, right? Like they've got, not that they're, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, most of them probably are tools, but uh, every, every player has, abilities and talents and should be used in specific ways and the more that you can tailor the way that you're using them to their specific talents the better they're going to be and it's not clear to me at this point that brooks's talents line up with the way that burhalter wants the team to play yeah um which is i think what basically what colin is saying and it's yeah. hard to imagine games where his specific talents will fit uh perfectly because there aren't a lot of games where you're sitting back and heading crosses away, but also playing the ball at your feet as a center back. That's kind of a funny combo. And those are the two things he's really great at. Uh, so I'm not, uh, anyway, my point is I'm not convinced that he should be in our starting 11 for every single game because uh, he's a tool in the toolbox. So he should be used when he's useful. And when he's not, then that's fine. That's okay with me. Yeah, I don't, that's fair. he doesn't have to be there just because he's, playing on a potentially Champions League team. Yep. Uh, 
All right. So Spencer's next category, people who are good, Acosta, Robinson, Pepe, Turner. Uh, I mean, should we just spare a few words for Pepe? Uh, the, the new great hope of American soccer. <laughs> Pepe to God. Pepe to God, baby. Scored another goal uh, in MLS this weekend. Yeah, another and like a, a nice headed goal. Like, I mean, I, I think the thing about him is, and this is maybe like cliche to say, but he doesn't play like he's eighteen. Uh, yeah, the the goals he scores aren't like, like sometimes you get guys who are eighteen and you're like, oh wow, um, they have great feet or they're very athletic or very fast or whatever something, and you're like, oh, this guy's Michael for starters. Michael Owens. Michael early Owens, goals. yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Michael Owens scores goals like like he's eighteen. Uh, when he was eight, but, uh, <laughs> Pepe like plays like he's a seasoned striker. He finds the space and turns what looks like a not very dangerous cross into a absolutely buried header. And you're just like, yeah, that's what a good striker does. That's what, I don't know, you know, who, pick your favorite, like out and out number nine in European fo- football. And that's like what they do best is take chances that don't seem like great chances. And it's, it's a goal. Boom. Done. Do you, so I'm going to take Palmer's role here and take this peak that we're all experiencing and look for how it's going to fall out from under us. <laughs> um, is he only good because he's so young and he doesn't yet understand that he should be nervous or scared? <laughs> or like, will he, is he, is he just too young and inexperienced to be worried about going to San Pedro Sula? Yeah, I think we saw that. I, I Honestly, I think we've seen that exact thing out of Pulisic, right? Last time around, he was scoring goals for fun in these games. Uh, and he's not as effective as he was four years ago right now. Um, I, you know, whether that's because people know who he is, the game plan is different, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I think there is something to that being like, I don't know. It's just a soccer game. Go play your hardest. Uh, you know, maybe you're, you're not feeling the weight of, of carrying the team. Um, which clearly I think we all agree Pulisic was feeling. So yeah, I think there's something to that. I'm not saying that means that he's going to be like garbage when he is 22 and figures that out or whatever. He <laughs> when he learns to be scared. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. I mean, what, what a player, what a man, what an 18 year old man. Get on the hype train. I mean, my favorite thing. Yeah. Speaking of peppy hype trains, he's like roommates maybe with the FC Dallas social media manager uh, and very good friends. And the social media manager got a tattoo that is a, f- a train with Pepe's face on the front and like oh steam God. coming off the back. It's incredible. Uh, it's an amazing tattoo. And then I think Pepe's dad got a matching tattoo oh, after on. the amazing. social media manager. Amazing. Love it. Yeah, Love it. Absolutely it, amazing. Love that is such tattoo. a weird thing to do as a dad. But I, I mean, how can you not? Love it's it. so good. I mean, there's um, definitely one thing that we respect on this pod, and it is silly tattoos. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, Spence gives a lot of loves for the subs, uh, except for Yevlin for some reason, who I thought was perfectly fine and had a nice ball in for Pepe. But he thinks uh, Rob, Anthony, Rob, Anthony Robinson, Rodan, uh, Aronson, and Legette were all quite good. Uh, so, you know, at this point, we've got three more qualifiers coming up in, can, in a can month. Can I just get, get a little Aronson plug right now? Please. You let me talk about Mark McKenzie. He's not the former union player I wanted to talk about. Brendan Aronson is getting more than a goal or assist per 90 minutes. His G plus A per 90 minutes. Now he's got 10 games with the U.S. Men's National Team. It's not a fluke. He has got 11, I believe, goals plus assists in or per 90 minutes. Whatever. Over which is, you know, better than Dempsey or Donovan or anybody, right? It's like that's that's a that's a rate that's unsustainable but he's just still doing it you know and i would just like to say he is now becomes the kind of the opposite of josh Sargent, who's like a player who you know went earlier to the bundesliga and maybe was hyped more from a u.s men's national team perspective at a younger age played was the age group star brennan aronson doesn't have anything about him that he does particularly well like there's nothing about him where you go, oh, like we were saying about like an 18-year-old, like, oh, that's Pulisic has great feet. He can dribble so well. There's nothing about that about Brendan Aronson except maybe his work rate. But yeah. he just fucking produces at every stage. Wherever he is, he gets involved. He scores the ugly goals. He makes plays. 
he produces. And I think that is a great profile for international soccer. Is what like you got to be able to fit into a lot of different ways and, and and systems and just get the fucking job done. And he, I think, should be a bedrock of this team moving forward. Whether it, it could be not always as a starter, but it could be as a sub, but I think he should get a ton of appearances. So I actually have a question from that. So did anyone in this window, I mean, I think I know your answer to this, Colin, is that Aronson has to be in the starting 11 uh, or at least a, a major, you know, like Dempsey was saying, uh, give me 15 minutes and I'll empty the clip at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Aronson is going to do that for this team, right? Um, I thought Anthony Robinson, and I think Spencer agrees, he's part of this team and possibly in the starting 11. Does he, is he like, did he solidify a spot? Did anyone in this, in this window, like, um, solidify their spot that may have surprised you like is peppy now like we got to have him or is he the connor casey clint mathis <laughs> like i mean peppy it's hard to see who else we have so it's not yeah. so much we got to have him it's like i guess he's in yeah. like yeah. What, well who else are we rolling out there if we're trying to score goals it seems like he's the best way to do that i mean yeah, right so he, he takes matt turner, Sergeant matt, spot turner and My- matt turner and miles robinson i think are guys mm-hmm. who solidified their spots right yeah. Um, those are like the guys who I put, I, I think the way you ask that question, like you got to start them now. Uh, right. and then there's a big class of guys who maybe were more on the outside looking in or whatever. We're more like gold cup level players who are now nation's league level players, right? Pepe, yeah. Aronson, Robinson are those guys who are like, I mean, if Dest is healthy and like, you know, is going to play and, and we're going to play him at left back, like, Anthony Robinson is still not better than Serginho Dest. Like, sorry, Anthony, we have a guy who plays there. Brendan Aronson, if he's going to play on the defender. wing, and we have we have Reyna and Pulisic both healthy and and you know in form. Brendan Aronson, you might be on the bench. Like, fine, but we're going to feel like oh, we've got three good players for those two spots, and in these qualifiers, we're going to be rotating them, and we'll be fine. Like, you're a head and shoulders above a for Aronson now a Tim Weah or whatever other options we were thinking about before. Um, you might just get pushed out just because there's only 11 spots, but we have a lot more confidence in you when we call on you. Okay. I have one last question from this window. Is Greg a good man manager? No. I mean, there's nothing good. I would say that he did from a man management standpoint. Well, and the, and this window was an, it was an absolute nightmare for him. I mean, from the McKinney thing to yeah. uh, you, you talked about Brooks. Um, I mean, I know Geo like left uh, with injuries and Dest had, uh, you know, possible injury, but it just felt like this team was crumbling and there was no, you know, you, you assume that a coach would be able to kind of steady that. And it didn't feel like he was able to do that yeah. ever um, until that last, well, you know, 45 minutes. And and to me, the last 45 minutes maybe showed that um, the best U.S. team that we can put out right now doesn't have our quote-unquote best players. I mean, who knows? Yeah. It was one half. We'll see. But I think if you look objectively, like, is Aronson one of our best 11 players? Uh, probably not. But he looked fucking great out there. Um you know, is is Robinson better than Serginho Dest? Probably, you know, probably not according to most people who know the game, but certainly looked more helpful than Dest looked. So to me, the, the question is going to be next round when, you know, whoever we bring in, are we just going to go back to the same lineup uh, where we play, you know, quote unquote, our, our best players and kind of look like crap? Or is, is Berhalter going to put in some of these guys you know, is he going to play a Sebastian Legette who looked very effective, uh, but is not as sexy as a Weston McKenney or a Gio Reyna? And to me, that's where the man management really comes Steady. through. Yeah, I see. I think that's like I think that's more like tactics. Honestly, what you're describing. I think the man management is like, OK, McKenney got in trouble yep. and he sent him back to Italy. He didn't he didn't suspend him for one game. Maybe that's like the protocols. You, you miss the next game. He could have stayed with the team, blah, blah, blah. He like said, get out of here. You 
I'm sending a basically sending a message saying you break the rules. I don't care that you're one of our best players and that we could really use you and we this is a must win game. You break the rules, you go home. And not only did not only did he do that, he allowed the re- the narrative of of like Weston McKinney ever playing for the U.S. men's national team ever again to just kind of run rampant, right? Like yeah, he, he didn't say he released oh, no, 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 him worry, and he never I'll, said I'll... yeah yeah no, no no he he did he did say that. He said, yeah. Weston McKinney has a future with the national team. Yeah, okay. but he didn't so, say, I'll I mean, call him back that's... the next window. I mean, that's just saying, right. like, yeah, Weston McKinney is a very good player. Like, yeah, of course, he's going to get I don't know. I mean, he, he literally he's said he's got a future with the team. So, it's, I mean, it, it's, I, that's, that is, that is, that is like window dressing bullshit. Yeah. Uh, he has, a, he has a future with the team if he wants it. That was never like, Weston McKinney is part of this team. The kid made a mistake. He went back to to Italy. He will be in the next. I mean, it's it's very easy to give a non-answer to that question. To be like, you know, Weston needs to look inside himself and figure out, and you know, if he can be, be the Weston we want him to be, blah blah blah. Though. But when but he, I think I think way, that's where the man management. He he that's he that was a situation where he had to do some man management, whether you like the way he did it or not. Blah blah. You can judge, but then he went out and got the result, which is basically the way he will be his job will be evaluated right we fired Klinsman after he didn't get results not after his team stopped playing attacking football because they never really played the style that he preached they would play right so it's not like we judge these managers on the aesthetics or some other you know process thing no we judge them on the results we judge them on whether they will qualify for the world cup and if he had lost, got zero points, there are two points out of the first three games, he might be out of a job. And he went out and got a really good, really tough result. After he w- was put in, he had some man management that he had to do. So, I mean, I think you got to say, I did okay. Maybe maybe you can nitpick at it. Maybe depends what happens next with Weston McKinney. Like, if McKinney gives him the double middle finger and never plays for the U.S. again. Like, okay, maybe that's not great man management. But, <laughs> you know, I, I think it worked for the Honduras game. So. So on some rolling average, I won't define that. You can take it as you want. Uh, the Trapattoni quote, I looked it up this week because I knew that it was important. It's 10% better or 30% worse. Yeah. Okay. Some rolling average. Where is Greg Berhalter right now? So take it as, you know, long or short as you want, whatever your average is. How are you feeling about Greg Burhalter versus just like, if you expect 0%, that's 0%. That is the baseline. Where are we with Greg right now? Mike? So so one thing my dad likes to say, and dad, if you're still listening, God (laughs) God bless you and and I still love you. Uh, (laughs) One thing my dad loves to say is that the best way for coaches to make their team better is to get better players. And it's very hard to do in international soccer. And you have to say Greg's, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't hit every single uh, pitch out of the park, but he's gotten, he's gotten Des, he's got Musa, he's got Pepe now. He seems to be very good at taking, you know, his pool and making it a little bit better. Uh, so from that standpoint, I'd say he's, you know, five to 10% better. But that's not the whole part of the team, right? And if you look at just the last three results, you know, we said five points was kind of the minimum for us to not panic. Uh, and I know for me, I was hoping to not just not be panicking, but to be like happy, to be, you know, optimistic about the future. Uh, based because we have good players. We we do have good players. Uh, and so I would say, I would say on the whole of that window, he made that team worse, like I would say than just your average manager, I would say he made them, you know, five to 10% worse. Completely fair. I agree with it, with everything you're saying. I, I would say neutral. I mean, I think that we could have just rolled the ball out and put a team on, on the pitch. Harry Redknapp. You're saying literally Harry Redknapp could have managed that. hundred percent. Yes. Just go have a kick about. And... Palmer, give us your best Harry Redknapp accent right now of how I, Greg Bur- Burhalter slash Redknapp would have get a bacon bunny in your mouth and start I, I, talking. <laughs> get a pint of wine. Uh, I'm not gonna do that. We gotta hurry because I, I gotta pee. I think Greg uh, is zero percent at his best. He figures out his good pool and he puts him on the pitch, and he messed that up this uh, this window. 
So he's at like negative 15 for me right now. Um, but hopefully he learns, right? He, we should know, have a better idea who our good players are, who our bad players are, how to put them on. Like there were things to be learned. Uh, I think he can get back to zero and, and that would be fine. Zero is good. Zero is better than bad. So uh, that would be fine. All right. There you go. That's U.S. Men's National Team. There was Premier League this weekend. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's back, scores two goals in his second debut. Who Very cares? exciting stuff. Uh, we don't like Ronaldo, as you listened to last week, so we're not going to cover his goodness because Palmer be against our narrative. Entering so the Jupiter that. atmosphere. Uh, not yet. Uh, no, we, had, we had a little, uh, little layover on Mars. But uh, I think everybody's <laughs> out of here. So uh, <laughs> we're out, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. I'm just saying, Mike, be respectful. Me? I don't think you were saying that. I think you were asking if we had to be or not. Me? Wow. <laughs> you were looking for you, permission not you to You telling respectful. me to yeah, be respectful exactly. after be respectful. knowing what you did to one of the guests at the wedding party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get involved. Uh, I've come a long way from that, Mike, and you know what? I'd do it again. Oh, here's Hands. Noah. Hold on. I heard her. Oh. I knew I heard her. Wow. Oh, uh, nice rainbows, kid. <laughs> All those people. I know. Uh, Her face is like. Who uh, <laughs> like, are all these weird boys? <laughs> Good pod. Hands, hands, hands. Three, two, one.